I'll work with the handheld. Let's stand and read the scriptures together. We're going to go to the book of James. Lord, have mercy. My tithe. Oh, Jesus. Can't take that back to the house. Am I good here? I've not done this in a long time. Preach with one hand, so we're going to work it out. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, please. Let's read it together. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ready? Read. Mm-hmm. Yes. But let patience that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all how? Yeah, and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Father God, I just thank you tonight for this opportunity to minister your word to your people. Father God, I'm a willing vessel, so I'm asking now that you speak through me. I ask for utterance, oh God. You know what everyone needs to hear, what everyone needs, Father God, at this moment. You know what everyone's going through, Father. And I thank you that the word will meet every person's need in this house and those who are watching online. We thank you, Father God, that there are no hindrances to the word. Father God, that the word goes forth. Without any hindrance, God, nothing can stop it. Nothing will slow it down. Thank you that it is received right now on good ground, and it will bring forth much fruit. We thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Tonight, we have a very simple subject, and it's a very simple message. It's entitled, What to Do When You're Going Through. I, that's, that's simple. What to do when you're going through. Now, Pastor has been so wonderfully teaching us about uh, our purpose and our plan. And he told us in the last three messages that we've got to go ahead and yield to God's plan. That God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And along with that purpose comes uh, a mode of operation, a, 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 a operating procedure that tells us how to do it. That's the plan. But we've got to yield to the plan. You know, you can write a lesson plan for children all day long. We print them out and we talk to them and tell them what to do. But, you know, they've got to choose, right, to follow the plan. You follow the plan, you get the results. At the end of the day, everything is complete. You don't follow the plan, you got homework. Exactly right. You've got extra work to do. Your weekend is ruined. But I'm going to tell you, Pastor's been talking about yielding because he wants us desperately, but not as much as Father God wants us to lay hold on all the promises that he has for us, right? The plans that God have, has for us, they're going to get us to that good life that he has prearranged and preordained for us. That life that before we were ever born, before he, as dad says, our mother met our father and our, you know, grandmama met our granddaddy. This plan was in operation. But sometimes we find ourselves in situations where it looks like the plan's not working. 
right? And so we learn from looking at the children of Israel in Jeremiah chapter 29 that a lot of times the affliction comes and it happens, but it may best just be for your good, right? He was preserving the children of Israel by sending them into the Babylonian captivity. How long were they going to be there? 70 years. He told them to go ahead, build houses, plant gardens, marry. He says, have children. He says, have your sons and daughters. Go ahead and let them marry and let them have children. Why? Because you were going to be there for a while. But you know what? Make the best of a bad situation. That's what he was telling them to do. Make the best of a bad situation. Now, not every situation is meant for us to stay in. There are some things that we encounter that are not part of the plan. God does not plan sicknesses to teach us anything. God doesn't put us in poverty, you know, to show us how to live better, to make us more righteous. You know what I'm saying? God doesn't make your children act up to teach you how to pray more. That's not part of the plan. So sometimes we get into situations and things happen to us and come upon us that aren't from him. We find ourselves going through. Now, I'm going to tell you where this message was birthed from. Maybe about last month, month and a half ago, I was going through. And I was out by myself and had a little situation. Kind of gut punched me, got me at a place in my soul that I, I, I didn't know I had an issue in. And um, I started crying. And as I cried, the crying got worse. And as I started feeling worse, I started looking for music that made it worse. It was gospel, as that's what they want to call it, but I felt myself getting worse. So see me, a pastor, driving and crying, and crying pretty badly. It wasn't cute. And so I knew what to do, you know. Okay, Father, help me. Because I didn't know that I was sensitive in this place. Do you know what he told me to do? He said, go get some food. Oh, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You're telling me to eat emotionally? He said, go. It took me all out of my way. Go to Culver's and just get you some cheese curds and get yourself a Diet Pepsi. And I'm like, why am I doing this? He says, because if you eat, you won't cry. I need you to eat. Am I good here? All right. Thank you. So he said, go ahead and eat. So as I began to eat, I noticed that you truthfully cannot cry and eat. <laughs> you know, think about little kids. If you've ever took care of kids, raised kids, they'll be crying, but the moment they put something in their mouth, all of a sudden, it's, and the crying stops. And so as I'm driving home from Culver's, which is a good distance, he said to me, 
there is a way you go through. Now, this thing took you by surprise. I'm going to let you off the hook on this one because you know better. But let me walk you again through these steps on what to do when you're going through. Because at every level, every turn, there's going to be something you've got to go through. I'd be, it'd be so wonderful if you lay hold to one level and it just, you can just ride out the rest of your days there. But do you know what happens when you attain a certain level or you achieve? All of a sudden, that divine nature in you starts to want more and starts to look for more and starts to reach for more. And you find yourself, once again, uncomfortable. Then things start to happen because you're reaching for something that you, anybody ever just reached for something that you've not worked out in a long time? Y'all laughing. That mess real. You know, you jumped and you weren't quite ready to jump. And you got to stand on the front row with a full Charlie horse and you're like, ah, crazy. Why? Because you're going through something at that moment. Something happened. You were reaching for the next or you were reaching into something and it caused you some sort of pain and affliction, right? So what do we do when that happens? Now, we've got to settle in our minds that God wants us to live a wonderful life. Yes, right. Let's go to the Message Bible, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Uh, our pastor asked us to, to commit this passage of scripture to memory. He said, we need to know this. Now, you don't have to memorize the whole message, but know the gist of it. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for what? For what? For glorious living. Not for hardship, not for lack, not for sickness, not for pain, but for glorious living. And this is what? Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. So each and every one of us are supposed to be living gloriously. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're old. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you've been through. Christ wants us to live gloriously. But how many of you know that sometimes things happen and it doesn't just look, it doesn't look so glorious? There's, there's not much glory in it. Let's look at it another way. Go to John 10.10. We know this one very well, right? You probably can quote that from memory, but we're going to put our eyes on it. John 10.10. It says that the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Christ said, I have come that you may have what? And have it how? Now, let's look at it in a couple other translations. Let's look at it in the voice translation. Okay. He says, I came to give life with what? He came to give what kind of life? A life with joy and abundance. Let's look at it in the easy to read version. 
A thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But look at the last part. But I came to give life, life that is full and good. Hallelujah. One more place. Let's look at it in the Living Bible. The thief's purpose, we'll just skip to the B clause. My purpose is to what? in all its fullness. Our life is supposed to be good. Our life is supposed to be full of joy. We're supposed to have a glorious life. Now, when things go on and our life isn't looking so gloriously, what is it that we're supposed to do? I'll tell you what we're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to freak out. And we are not supposed to look like what we're going through. Oh, well, Pastor Kim, you know, you're telling me that we're supposed to fake it. No, I'm going to show you that there is a force that we can step into that. Oh, my God, that makes us glorious, even when things around us aren't so. We are children of the most high God. We are children of creator God, creator of all the universe. Do you think that we are supposed to be the ones walking around looking pitiful? No. When we read in the Old Testament, it says, you know, blessed is the man, blessed is the woman, blessed is he. That blessed means that we're supposed to be happy, prosperous, and enviable. Well, Pastor Kim, I'm not feeling very happy. I'm not talking about how you feel. See, if you go by how you feel, you'll do what I was doing. You'll be driving down the street crying when you already have the victory. You, we already have the victory. But do you know what happens when the pressure comes and life happens? We forget that we are victorious. We forget that weapons form, but they will not prosper. We forget that we are more than conquerors. We forget. But if we get this message tonight, settle in our souls. Oh, we're going to do this thing. Amen. So how do I get there? How do I get to a place where my life looks glorious even when I'm going through? Say it. Say, I'm supposed to look glorious even when I'm going through. And people are going through. See, when you don't, don't. When you don't take hold of your soul, the book of Luke tells us with patience, possess your soul. And we'll see patience tonight. You'll allow your soul to go all over the place. You will come to church just like I came to church and your soul be taking you places. Even though you know what the word says. You can quote it. You've got all of the books. You've got scriptures written on the refrigerator. But for some reason, when the heat gets going and we're not in this atmosphere, we're not looking very gloriously. All right, so how do we get there? Let's go back to James chapter 1. And look at what the word tells us to do when we're going through. Verse 2 says, my brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it what? Consider it what? Count it all joy. Deem it joyfully. Find pleasure in it. No, Pastor Kim, I'm broke. Find pleasure in it. 
Well, how do I find pleasure in being broke? You remember the last time you were broke? And he brought you out. You're still here because some kind of way, a way was made. And you're, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all joy when you're going through. Now, what are trials? Now, when you look at this, a lot of people say, well, that's, that's falling into sin. No, James doesn't talk about the sin thing until later on in the chapter. When we look at this joy or in the King James, I mean, trials in the King James temptations, it means when you fall into an experiment. When you fall into an experiment. When, 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 when you are being tried and tested and, and, and played with. Come on. It's an attempt. Count it all joy when you tried something and it didn't work out. Temptations, it means trial. It means approving. When you prove something, you, you heat it up to bring about its highest level of purity. So count it all joy when you, you're being proven, when you're being tested, when you're being tried. Count it all joy when the heat gets turned up. Okay, let's keep going with this. Count it all joy when you're going through adversity, trouble, temptations whether arising from desires or outward circumstances. Count it all joy when it's coming from within you or it's coming from without of you. Count it all what? Joy. Count it all what? Joy. Now what is joy? We know from Galatians 5 and 22 that joy is a what? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit. It's something that the spirit produces in our lives. It's not an emotion. And sometimes we're looking for an emotional response that lines up with the word. And he's not asking us to respond to this word or to respond to this life with an emotion. He's asking us to respond to this life and to respond to situations and to respond to testing and trials and temptations with the fruit of the spirit. How do I do this? I've got to allow my spirit to step in front of my soul. See, when you're going through, your soul is the one that's leading the way. You're crying. You're having fits. You're telling people off. You're short. You won't get out of bed. You won't wash your face. You won't comb your hair. Why? Because you're allowing your soul to lead the way. He said, but no, allow the spirit to step into the front and allow joy, not happy, not when somebody calls me, I put on a happy voice. No, he's saying, get yourself into a state where you say, spirit, take the, take the wheel, soul, get in the back seat and shut up. See, I'm going to tell you, there ain't going to be no revelation tonight, me. There's no revelation. There's no deep. There, there, there's nothing. 
Because I'm going to tell you something. If we think things are going to get easier, you got another thing coming. We've, it's already been told. I don't know why everybody is in an uproar about everything that they're in an uproar about because Jesus already told us in the word that perilous times were going to come. And if you think it's perilous, now we've not seen it yet. Recession, depression, inflation, Oh, don't even talk about those things because that's not the real persecution. That's not the real pressure. Those are temporary man-made circumstances and situations. I'm talking about when you're really going through. Joy has got to be the response. Now, I can't come in here and say, hey, have joy. No, you've got to pull joy up out of the spirit that lives within you. Amen? You've got to find a way. If you've got to fast, if you've got to pray, if you've got to sow a seed to get your soul under control, whatever you got to do, you've got to allow joy. I'm telling you what I'm talking I know. I'm, I'm not talking about something that I heard. I'm telling you what I know. Listen, we're pastors. We go through. We're not exempt. And I'm going to tell you, I wish things that we were going through now were financial. Money easy. I said money is easy. Money easy. So when I talk about prosperity and I'm talking about this life living gloriously, you can include your money. But money is the least. Money is the least. Come on now. How do you take a church to the next level? How do you believe God for the entire city block when you've got empty chairs on a Wednesday night? Come on. No, I'm just, I'm just talking about us. What do, you, what do you do when, when you sucker punch with sickness in your body? But you got to stand strong and lay hands knowing by faith that it's done. Knowing by faith, not feeling, knowing by faith it's done. I've got children like you've got children. I'm trying to navigate them to the next level. Trials and temptations, tempted to just, okay, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I can, I, can, I can ease up. I can loosen up. I, I, they, you know, they're getting old. And, and the Lord says, no. Don't get weary in well-doing. You're not done. You, you see, the pressures come. The trials come. The tests come to make us loosen up and to back up. But no, you can't get down when those things come. You've got to find that fruit called joy, and you've got to let it come to the forefront. I said, you've got to let it. You catch yourself crying, put something in your mouth and say, okay, joy. I, okay, joy. I'm calling on joy. Now, you don't eat the whole pint of ice cream. I, I suggest you get something you have to chew. Put something just in your mouth long enough. 
to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. I'm not controlled by this flesh. I'm not controlled by the soul. Joy, come forth now in the name of Jesus. And then you do what joyful people do. You start to praise. You start to dance. You start to laugh. And then that joy, you'll find out that your mind and that situation have separated. I'm hoping I'm helping somebody. Now, what is joy? It's the, the Greek word kara. It means gladness. It means cheerfulness. It means a calm delight. A calm delight. That's when you're in joy. You're in joy when, who needs joy when, it, when, when things are great? Your, soul's, your soul can handle that. No, you need joy when things have gone awry, when situations have gotten out of control. You need joy when you just don't know what to do. That's when you need joy. And joy is a force that will change not just you, but it'll change your outlook on a situation. And if you let it work, my God, then Father God can step in and do what needs to be done. But see, when we're soulish and we're crying and we don't have joy and we're angry, we're bitter, we're all of these crazy emotions going on, we evict him. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. There's the release. But when I don't allow the spirit in, when I don't, there is no freedom. There's bondage. There's suffering. There's pain. All right? So we've got to get the joy up. Look at this. Let's look at James chapter 1 verse 2 in the CEV. Listen to this. It says, my friends, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Be what? Be glad. And I don't mean this, this fake be glad because you know there are a whole lot of people worse off than you are. No, God wants everybody to be living gloriously. God wants everybody to be living in abundance. We can't keep up comparing ourselves to the, oh, the poor little children in Africa. No, he wants them living gloriously. He says, be glad even if you have a lot of trouble. Be glad. Do you know what joy is? Joy is the countenance of faith. Think about it. If I have faith, will I look pitiful? No. Because I'm believing and knowing that God's going to turn it around. Believing and knowing that he's going to make a way. Believing and knowing that he's already fixed it. Then if I know it's already, y'all not getting it. Are you sad at the grocery store when you spend $300 and you had 305 in your wallet, if you know at home you've got 10,000 in the safe. It don't phase you that you don't stand at the grocery store line and say, oh my God. No, because you already know that that wasn't it, that at home there was more. Well, if we believe and know that in our Father's hand is every answer we need, every bit of provision, 
the countenance of faith. It's how, it's, it's, your faith ought to say I'm believing. Your faith ought to say I know I win. Your faith ought to say that, your faith ought to say that God has already taken care of it. That's why the world has a problem with the church. It's because we keep saying God can right outside. Right on our little billboard, it says, just hold on. That's not what it says. Just hold on. God will fix it. Don't give up. Jesus will fix it. Jesus will work it out. If you let him. I knew it said something like that. But if we really believe God will fix it, then we shouldn't go to work looking the way we look. I said, we shouldn't go to work looking the way we look. We shouldn't go to work with our faces. Huh. Huh. So down that you won't even get the matter out your eyes. No, think about it. When you feel in your way, you just walk out. No, you don't just walk out when you know that it's right and God has already turned it around. Our countenance ought to reveal that I am believing. Hallelujah. So listen, we've all fallen at some point when we read that it said count it all joy when you fall into various trials count it all joy when you fall into when you fall prey to when something falls through come on when you fall ill count it all joy come on now when you fell into something and it wasn't right count it all joy Come on, we've got to get to a place where we know it's not going to stay this way. It's not going to always be this way. I might be going through, but there's an answer. I've just got to get to it, amen? I know there's an answer, God. I just got to get through to it. And until I get to it, I'm going to keep this joy bubbling and overflowing until I lay hold to every promise that you've given me. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to do that. No, God, I'm going to say, joy, come forth. The scriptures tell us that weeping may endure for the night, but joy is going to come in the morning. It's going to come if you let it. If you let it. I've got to let the joy come. Come on. Say right now in the name of Jesus. I count it all joy. Now put that situation on your mind that you're just not so tickled about. No, I count it all joy. I count it all joy. Half y'all didn't do it. Half y'all didn't do it. Put it on your mind. Ooh. I count it all joy. I count it up. I count it all joy. Come on, you might have more than one. I count it all joy. Something might have fallen apart. I count it all joy. My goodness. I count it all joy. When I fall into, when I fall prey to, when I fall through something. Father God, I'm going to count it all joy. That's what you do when you're going through. You count it all joy. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Let's keep going in James chapter 1. I'm going to count it all joy. Verse 3 says, knowing that the testing of your what? Knowing that the testing of your what? Faith. Produces something. What is it going to?
Now, that patience is not waiting. That patience means perseverance. It means an endurance. It means that I've got to keep my joy up because I know something. I know that this testing is going to bring something out of me that's beautiful. It's going to bring something out of me that is pleasant and delightful. It's going to bring out of me some endurance. I'm going to be able to, why do I need endurance? Because you're not leaving here anytime soon. And I got a feeling that you've not laid hold to everything that you want to lay hold to. So you're going to need some endurance. You know, when I drive down the street and I see people running, I tell them, oh, I'm so proud of you. Now they can't hear me. But my kids will testify. I'm in the car and I'm just, I'm so, look at you. Run. I'm so proud of you. Make it. Do it. Why? Because the beauty in, the beauty in running. Okay, okay, I'm going to help y'all who want to run. It's not in the fact that you know how to run. It's that you can run the distance. Whatever the distance you choose to run, you can actually run it. That's endurance. How far do you want to go? Now, if you're good where you are, you don't need any endurance. Because you've already laid hold to everything you wanted to lay hold of. But if there's more on in your scope, if there's more that you're looking for, you're going to need endurance. But that endurance is going to come because your faith has been tested. So listen, when we're going through, don't take it personally. It's not personal. It's a testing of your faith. Now, where is this level of testing coming from? No, it's not an enemy. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Verses 7 through 9. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think this is a good place to put this in here. Hebrews 11, and we know this is the hall of faith. It says, uh, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. Look at verse 8. By faith Noah. Look at that. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 9 for me. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise uh, in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, Abraham had to endure something. Why did he have to endure something? Because he was being tested. Who was testing him? Who was testing him? God tested him. Let's keep going. The foundation while the building, oh, that's the wrong scripture. Hallelujah. 
He dwelt in the land of promise. In the, oh, that's not my scripture. But it's a scripture where it says that Abraham went out, God testing him. God tested him. Who tested him? God tested him. Why did, what is it? 17. Thank you. I know I knew something. Seven. Here's what I'm going to tell y'all not to do if you're going to preach the word. Don't go have your eyes dilated and you got to type. Don't even ask. <laughs> Amen. By faith, Abraham, look at this. When he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up what? His only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. Concluding what? That God was what? So our, our faith is being tested because we know something. Okay, go back to James chapter 1. Go back to James chapter 1. Knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce something. So Abraham was tested because he knew something. But I got to find out if you actually believe it. What was being tested? The Lord had told Abraham that you were going to be the father of many nations. You're going to be the father of many nations. Now, that nation, as he knew, was going to come through whom? It was going to come through Isaac. But he says, Abraham, I want you to do something for me. I want, to take, I want you to take Isaac, your only begotten son, and I want you to take him up to a high mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him. Well, how am I going to become the father of a nation if my only begotten son that I conceived at or gave seed to because he didn't conceive anything at a hundred years old he knows something what did he know that God was able to raise him up from the dead if he had to now let's bring this back home to us if our faith really believed that Father God, as our pastor has so eloquently stated, can get anything to us from anywhere at any time, would we be sad? Yeah, he would say that even if he had to strap, strap it on the back of a monkey. Would we be sad about finances? Would our countenance go down if we really be? But our faith has to be tested. So sometimes things come not to destroy you, not to take you out of the game, but to see where your faith really lies. Is your faith in the security of the job? Is the faith in the security of the bank account? Where is your faith? Our faith is being tested. But count it all joy because you know something. Amen? Let's keep going. James chapter 1, we're going to go back here to verse 4. So we know that this testing of our faith is going to produce patience. But I've got to do something. I've got to let patience have its perfect work, have its complete work that I may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. 
I've got to let patience do what patience does. What does patience and enduring do? It makes me complete and entire. It gets me to a position where I am lacking nothing. All right? Let's keep going because we got a couple more points to hit. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Okay. Why all of a sudden is James talking about wisdom when we just talked about joy? When we just talked about counting it all joy when you're falling into different temptations and trials. Why is he talking? Because we need wisdom. When you're going through... You're going through because you don't know what to do. See, if you already knew what to do, there would be no conflict in your soul. The conflict arises because things happen and I don't know what to do. So when I don't know what to do, I've got to look up to heaven. I've got to cry out to the Father who knows all things. I need wisdom. It says if any man lacks wisdom and if you're going through... You're lacking wisdom. I was going through because I lacked wisdom on a certain situation. But the moment I stopped crying and I looked up to heaven and I began to dialogue with Father God, answers and wisdom could come. But I had to ask for it. Now, go over to Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6. Because we got to know where to get this wisdom from. I contend that many in the body of Christ are confused about where wisdom comes from. Well, why would you say that? Because we spend a lot of time quoting people who aren't even Christian. We spend a lot of time researching answers on websites, <laughs> on, on social media platforms that aren't offering any kind of godly counsel. Some people can quote to us 5,000 different things we can do to remedy a situation, but can't ever give us one scripture. Not one scripture that answers to your situation or circumstance. But we know what this one said. We know what that one said. We know what WebMD said. We know, you know, what Kim Kardashian did. But we can't quote one scripture. Now, why do I need to go to God? Look at this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. It says, for the Lord gives what? For the Lord gives what? And from his mouth comes what? Comes knowledge from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He gives what? Wisdom. He's not giving out any foolish answers. So what we've got to do is we've got to understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is simply divine know-how. So when I go to Father God, he opens his mouth and speaks. He is giving me divine instructions on how to get the job done, on how to take care of the situation, on how to make the ends meet, on how to deal with people. He has the wisdom. But if we don't ever go to him, So we've got to understand that wisdom comes from the mouth of God. 
He told me this. He said, be careful who you're listening to. But, but, but they've got MD behind their names. Oh, but, but, but they're an attorney. Oh, but, but their church is much larger than our church. Oh, but they, 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 they drive nicer than I drive. Oh, they live in a nice neighborhood. Oh, oh, they're, they're the CEO of the company. Surely they know. Well, they did a TED talk. They must have wisdom. No. Look at Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 7. We've got to be careful who we're listening to because it is the Lord who gives wisdom. Proverbs 15, 7 says this. The lips of the wise disperse what? But the heart of a fool... The heart of the fool, but the lips of the wise disperses knowledge. Turn back to Proverbs 14, 7. Look at this. Go from the presence of a foolish man when you do not perceive in him the lips of knowledge. Verse 8 says, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is what? Fools deceive us. So if we want to know what to do, we've got to consider the source that we're going to get wisdom from. If they're not giving you the word of God that has come from the mouth of God, then it's not wisdom. It might be a pretty good suggestion. Might be a real good suggestion, might be a wonderful idea, but it's not wisdom. The Holy Spirit is called the, uh, the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of truth. If it's not coming from him and his kingdom, it's foolishness. It's foolishness. And it cannot be trusted because when a fool opens his mouth, it's deceit. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, I, I watch YouTube. That's, that's like, that's TV. Because I can control what I watch and how long I watch it. You know what I'm saying? Five minutes. You got five minutes to tell me what you need to tell me. And outside of that, I, unless it's the Daryl Brooks trial, nah, we won't even discuss that. But people are on YouTube selling information like if I take buttermilk and orange peel and I rub it on my face, I'll get rid of wrinkles. Okay, let's stop. No, really, let, no, let's just think about the craziest thumbnail you've seen. And the video has 27 million views. Do you think people just watched it and didn't actually try it? No, they actually watched it because they needed an answer. They were going through something. And they wanted wisdom on how to fix whatever situation they were going through. So I'm going to watch it and I'm going to go and buy buttermilk and I'm going to grate an orange and I'm going to put all of that on my face. And you're using the peel because you want the oil from the orange peel. Do you know what oil from the orange peel is going to do? It's going to burn you. And it's going to burn you severely. But why did she do that? Why would they post that kind of video? 
because they know people want some sort of anti-aging regimen. They want help. They want answers. They're going through in their souls because they're getting older and they're not embracing it. So I want a quick answer. Now, here's why those two ingredients, because they know they're cheap. You're willing to try it. She doesn't care that you're going to burn your face. She doesn't care. You can't sue her. Because on her video, it says, I am not a doctor. But what did she do to 27 million people? Deceive them into thinking that two simple ingredients can remedy something that heredity causes. Oh, I'm going to reduce my pores. I'm going to put eggshell and it's all lies. But wisdom from God tells you that he will beautify the meek with salvation. Get saved for real and find out. Watch how beautiful you become. No, I'm just telling you. The Bible says that he will renew your youth as the eagles. He will do it. But see, the fools out there are talking all sorts of crazy things. And guess what? The body of Christ is being deceived right along with the rest of the world. Why? Because we won't seek wisdom. Wisdom only comes from the word of God and God and his man and woman of God. If they're giving you the word. So we've got to stop, man. If we want to get through what we're going through, let's stop seeking wisdom from everywhere. Listen, don't go and ask your broke friend what to do about your money. You crying this month, but she was crying last month. What is she going to tell you? Girl, you ought to just go ahead and buy them shoes because you really, really want them. But godly wisdom would tell you that a fool spends it all. With patience, possess your soul. Let the fruit of temperance come up and you control yourself. That's what wisdom would say. All right? So we've got to be careful who we are seeking wisdom from. Wisdom only comes from God. Now listen to this. We've got to stop listening to ourselves. Well, Pastor Ken, why would you say that? We've made so many bad decisions that we are spiritually disoriented. We're going in circles in our own mind, making the same bad decision over and over and over and over and over again because we think we know. We think because we go to this church, I'll just talk to the faith camp, because we go to this church, because we know mom and dad Durba, because we listen to, you know, uh, who we listen to, Leroy Thompson, and we listen to Kenneth Copeland. We think we know so much. But here's the truth. We're not actually doing what we've been taught. We're still doing the same things that we've been doing all of the years that keep us in this situation. And then we try to figure out, why am I still going through this? Because you keep listening to you. At the end of the day, You've got to say, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. At, listen, I, I try to cook. I, I just think that sometimes you ought to cook for your family. They ought to still know that the stove works. So, you know, I, I try to make cabbage. Now, there's an art to making cabbage. There's an art to it. And I kept doing it my way. 
You know, I wanted to put carrots in it. I wanted to put, you know, Lowry's seasoning salt because I wanted more, more flavor to it. How many of y'all know that Lowry's didn't do anything but turn that cabbage pink? It was a weird, ugly color. And the carrot sticks, because I'm not going to cut carrots. I'm going to buy carrots that have already been sliced up and shredded. And all they did was bleed all of that color because I kept listening to me because I wouldn't stop long enough to say, you know what, every time you eat your mama cabbage, you love it. Won't you just call? No, y'all, y'all laughing, but y'all don't know how many heads of cabbage that I have destroyed because I kept listening to me. I kept concocting my own way of doing things to the place where I was so disoriented when it came to cooking cabbage, I just stopped cooking it. I'd buy it and let it sit in the refrigerator until it grew something. No, really. That's so sad, but it's truth. Because we need to ask when we don't know what to do. It says, if any of you, listen to the heart of God. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Just ask me. If you lack it, just ask me. He says this, and I will give it to you how? Liberally, and I won't make fun of you. He says, I won't make fun of you. He says, I won't deride you. I won't shame you. I won't make you feel bad because you don't know. But he will, according to Proverbs chapter 1, he will laugh at you if you keep doing it your way. Wisdom laugh right along with God. Because we keep doing things our way, okay? So we've got to stop listening to ourselves. Why? Look at Jeremiah 17 and 9. Look at what it says. The heart is deceitful above all things. And what? And what? Who can know it? The heart. Follow, just, just, just follow your heart. No. Remember when you followed your heart, where, where it, what it got? It, Why? Because the unsaved man's heart is deceitful above all things. And can I tell you, an unrenewed mind, because that word heart is the Hebrew word lev, which means soul. It means soul. It's your mind. It's your will. It's your emotion. It's your inner man. It's wicked. It's deceitful. It will mess you up. So we don't want to follow our heart. We don't want to keep doing what feels good, what sounds good to me. No, I need to do what the word says do. If I don't know what to do, just stop and ask the father. And don't make a move until you know he's spoken. See, we're making moves and we don't have the wisdom yet. Well, I thought he would. No, don't think. He told you, just ask me, and I'll give it to you liberally. I won't just tell you how to fix your money. If you start talking to me, I'll tell you how to fix your money. I'll tell you how that money habit is affecting your family. I'll tell you how that money habit has had you run from job to job. He says, I'll give you the wisdom liberally. All right. So why do I need wisdom? If you lack wisdom, he says, let him ask, and I'll give it liberally. But we've got to sell this, that we actually do need wisdom. Why do we need it? Go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. 
come on here, meet. But we're going to pretend like we don't know anything. And we're going to put our eyes right on it. Because this year is a year of turnaround. And I'm telling you something, it's October. And some stuff ain't turned around. And so, you know, we, we pass to be back Sunday. Oh, no, he not preaching. Prophet Ben will have you jumping. He'll have you excited. Tonight, I just want to teach. Hopefully you're taking notes. Hopefully you're going to go home and ask some questions of God. Okay, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? We've done a lot of dancing. We've done a lot of jumping. We've done a lot of spinning and twirling. We've quoted a lot of stuff, but we got to land it. I said, we got, we got to land it, D. We can't keep talking about it. We got to lay hold on it. Now, I'm telling you, we've been talking about debt freedom, debt freedom, debt freedom. Oh, I'm getting out of debt. It's time to get out. If you want to. Now, if you don't want to, you don't have to. Ain't no mandate on no, ain't no sin, ain't no. But if you want to, and you're saying debt's a problem for me, then I'm telling you how to do it. Pastor and I, when we were trying to get out of debt, and I said trying, because we were trying a lot of things. We had spreadsheets. We had, you know, scriptures. We had spending plans. We had envelopes. We had file folders. We had, okay, stop. Father God, how do we do this? And when he began to give the outline on how to do it, and then we began to do what he actually told us to do. We started yielding to the plan. Lickety-split, we were out. I said, lickety-split, we were out. Why? Because we finally got some wisdom. So why do I need wisdom? Proverbs 4 and 7. Wisdom is the what? Come on, stir yourself up. Wisdom is the what? Therefore, do what? Therefore, do what? Get wisdom from where? Okay. Thank you. Get wisdom. And keep going. Get an understanding. And he'll give you the understanding. He just told us that in Proverbs 2, 6. Get the wisdom. Get it because it's the principal thing. What does that mean? It means that it's the chief. It's the best. It's the beginning. It's the choice part. It's the first. You need wisdom. You don't need another idea. You don't need another plan. You don't need another anything but wisdom. And you'll get through this, okay? Now, why else do we need wisdom? The next verse, it says, exalt her and her is wisdom and she will do what? She will do what? Anybody need a promotion? Anybody looking for promotion? What, okay? And guess what else she will do? She will bring you what? When you do what? When you act like you want her. I said, when you act like you want her. She'll do what? She'll embrace you. You embrace her. But she'll promote you. She will give you what? Honor. What's the opposite of honor? Dishonor or shame. Anybody tired of shame? Anybody ever been shamed? Well, guess what you need? Wisdom. We need wisdom. All right? She will promote you. What does that mean? 
To promote means to rise up, to be exalted, to be set on high, to be lifted. Let's go to a very, another familiar passage. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. Well, I don't know what to do. You're going to find out because you're going to do what? I'm going to ask God. I'm going to ask God. I had Pastor laugh, and I said, oh, after this message series you preach, I know your calendar is going to be busy. Preaching on, you know, getting into the plan and the purpose and yielding to the plan. I said, Pastor, I said, your calendar going to be busy because people going to be knocking down your door trying to find out, okay, man of God, what do I need to do? I That's when I knew. We just going through and liking it. Or going through and just used to it. And I'm not saying that you have to inundate his calendar and all of that. I'm saying that we're not asking. We're not asking enough questions. You know, that's when I know a student really wants to learn is when they ask questions. But if they just do the work, turn in the homework, do mediocre on the quiz, flunk the test, okay, you didn't want to pass. Well, what do you mean? Well, why didn't you reach out to them? They didn't ask. They went along throughout the coursework as if they knew. But it wasn't until the testing came that you find out you don't know what you are. I'm crying in the car. I didn't know what I needed to know when the test came. There were some things that I'm telling you, probably five years ago, the Lord told me to get wisdom on. And I just brushed it aside. Now, that don't pertain to me right now. That's not an issue for me right now. No big deal. Why would he tell me something and I not need to know it? Because when the test came, I needed that in my arsenal. And I didn't have it. Okay, 2 Chronicles chapter 1, 11 and 12. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom. Lord, increase me. No, no. Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, help me get through this sickness. No, 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 no. Give me wisdom. See, a lot of sickness in the body of Christ has nothing to do with um, are you eating, the, taking the right things, you went to the doctor. No, a lot of it is just not wisdom. We're going through some sicknesses that we don't have to go through because we just won't get wisdom. And then when the wisdom comes, we won't follow the wisdom. You've asked for long life. You didn't ask for that, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. He says, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. And remember, he gives wisdom and he gives it liberally. That means it comes with other things. He says, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor any that shall come after you, shall they have the like. Nobody else will ever be the way he was. Why? Because he asked for wisdom. 
you know, I thought about this. I'm just dialoguing with the family. How many millionaires are there supposed to be in this house? Ten. Why aren't we millionaires yet? Because we haven't gotten wisdom on it. We haven't gotten wisdom on it. We've started a lot of businesses, had a lot of ideas, got a lot of side hustles, doing a lot of things, but we've not gotten wisdom. Okay, don't bother want to hear that. Proverbs chapter 3. They didn't want to hear that. That's okay. That's okay because I know it's got to work through your soul. I'm not even, I'm not phased. Proverbs 3, 15 through 17. Let's look at this. What dog is a lot of scriptures. Dog, we need a lot of help. <laughs> dog. That was plain, Shante, wasn't it? Like, dog, she going to a lot of scriptures. We need a lot of help. That ain't me talking. The Lord said so. I didn't, I didn't want. I want to be funny. I don't want to do this. You know what I'm saying? I want to revelate. I want somebody to say, come on now. And ain't nobody going to say that tonight. No. Nope. Why? Because I'm digging through your soul. This word, this word, it, it messes with us. Because you know what's everybody thinking? Oh, so she know I'm going through? I don't know. He knows, though. And he says, you got through. Now tell him how you get through. Proverbs chapter 3, 15 through 17. Look at this, wisdom. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Look at this. Length of days is if you're going through sickness. You're going through sickness. You need wisdom. Why? Because length of days is in her right hand. If you need money, in her left hand, riches and honor. It comes with wisdom. It comes with wisdom. It does not come with another business. It does not come with another doctor's appointment. It does not come with another prescription. It comes with wisdom. A lot of us, we don't need to see another doctor. We've gotten a thousand opinions about the same thing. Okay. Okay, the toenail shot. I'm just going to say toenail because if I call out something, you're going to say, she in my business. I'm not in your business. The toenail shot. So what are you going to do? Take another something that's going to mess up your liver because everything destroys. You know, okay, we won't deal with all that. Everything ends up in your liver. Or are we going to stop and say, Lord, I need wisdom on this thing. Why is this toenail always acting up like this? Why is this? I'm just going to say toenail because if I start saying diabetes, sugar diabetes, I'm, I'm messing. You know what I'm saying? If I start saying that, I'm messing. If I start saying migraines, I'm messing. I ain't going to talk about that. I ain't going to talk about high blood pressure because that's messy. I ain't going to mess with that. I'm going to say toenails. Now, if it's your toenail, I don't know nothing about nobody's toenail. And I'm just, I don't know nothing about it. But wisdom will say, you might just be praying to Father God, Lord, Lord, I need your wisdom on this thing. Because this toenail just won't heal up. I've had the diabetes test. I've, 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 I've done everything. You know what he might say? He might say something like, stop letting them people put that dirty tool in your toy at that nail salon. Keep the dirty one. 
He might say, you're buying your shoes too small. You know you a 10. Stop buying a 9. That's what he might say. He might, no, really, I'm talking about toenail. You got a, a chronic toenail issue. He might say, you keep trying to play 9, but you're 10. Wisdom says, go buy the 10. Nobody knows. That's what, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Because with wisdom, there's, there's length of days. Don't let your toenail kill you because you won't have. See, toenail's safe, right? Don't let your toenail kill you because you won't seek wisdom. Wisdom from God. The doctor is not giving wisdom. He's giving deceit. I said the doctor's not giving wisdom. He's giving what? Deceit. Because he prescribes all of that but doesn't tell you what it's doing. And then when it does what it's designed to do, he gives you something else to undo what that's designed to do. And it's designed to do something else all over the place. And now you got, it wasn't nice, nine ain't your toenail. Nice, now your toenail done grew a toenail. Like, dog, my toenail, now my toenail got a toenail. Well, what the world is, I got double toenails. See, I ain't offending nobody because ain't nobody got double toenails. So you, you see what I'm saying? You need wisdom. You need wisdom. Well, I got a second opinion. You done had a fourth opinion. You got to buy the 10. You, you see what I'm saying? You got to buy it. Because wisdom said to buy it. But you look good in a nine. Don't listen to your line, friend. You look good in a nine, but your toenail now has triple nails. Don't keep wearing the nine. You, you. You see what I'm saying? Is that plain? I just wanted to be plain. We are suffering and going through things that we don't have to suffer and we don't have to go through because we won't seek wisdom. We won't seek wisdom. I don't want nobody to know. Oh, okay. Well, ask him. Ask him. He, he already knows, but he's waiting for you to ask him for wisdom. You keep asking for the, 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 the side things. Solomon didn't ask for money. He didn't ask, Father God, show me what to do with them Philistines because they always bother me. He didn't do that. He said, Father, give me wisdom that I may lead your people. So what we're going to do is we're going to look in his face and we're going to say, Father, give me wisdom that you won't be ashamed to be called my God, that your kingdom will advance. God, give me wisdom. We can't keep, we can't keep talking about it. It's time for the body of Christ to lay hold of every promise that he has made to us. That's the only way we are going to win the world. That's the only way, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, the word box, the word, the word works. Yeah, the word does work. But you got to be able to have an audience to give the word. You got to, you got. Girls understand this. So I went to the optometrist today. Cute little girl. She came in all, you know, sweet and everything, all nice. And I'm talking to her, and she just moved here a couple months ago from Punta Gorda. That's how she said. She said, Punta Gorda. I said, okay. We call it Punta Gorda, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, she's so cute. She had on her little Cartier Love bracelet. I said, mm, okay. 
And then I looked at her neck, and she had on the Van Cleef and Arpel, um, what do they call that, um, Alhambra. Look it up. See, these little things that folk, folk operating on another level these days, Laquanda. I'm going to just talk to you because I can't. Folk operating on another level. Okay? And the church is trying to limp in and to convince people to listen to us. But they won't listen to us because they're so afraid we're about to ask them for something. No, y'all hear me, hear me. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking materialism. Uh, we've been over this. I'm talking when it comes time to step to somebody and to present something to them, will they even let you in their space? No, think about it. We got to get through this stuff. We got to get through. Can you, can you tell your doctor, hey, the Lord saves, the Lord heals. Do, you, do we know that Father God wants doctors saved and he wants them in the kingdom? Dr. Joya, I want to introduce you to Jesus. You know, my, my Lord, he, he loves everybody. He's so good to everybody. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. Dr. Joya, what are you thinking? I'll speak for you. Dr. Joy is thinking, your doctor, your Lord of heal, I've seen you 15 times. And every time I come back, you the situation's worse and 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 worse. And now you back again. Not, what's wrong now? What's wrong now? Dr. Joy, I'm doing the best I can. But I thought you said the Lord. So you can't even witness to him. Well, I can I can tell him, I can tell him about, I can tell him about how he saved my family. Okay, great. 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 Great, but there's a whole segment that you can't even, you can't even tell them about your father. See, we can't win our family members. Because we always going through and they know it. They know it. They ask you for $20 and you, oh my God, my God shall supply. Hey, can I, can I, can I borrow $20? Can I, can I get $20? I, I need to get the kids some. Why is you always, why is you always asking me for stuff? I thought your God supplied all your needs. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Let's, let's just move on. Let's just, let's move on. Proverbs 4 and 9. Remember Glorious Living? You didn't lose sight of that, did you? Proverbs 4 and 9. Watch this. Anybody excited? Oh, yeah, I can tell. It's, it's written all over your faces. All the dog on yawning. You don't have to say a word. You just yawn and yawn and yawn and yawn and yawn. Yeah, I get it. But I know it's got to get through your soul. Your soul don't want to hear this. Your soul does not want to hear this. Your soul just wants a miraculous fix. You just want God to just snap his finger and you're healed. Snap your finger, his finger and you got all the money you could ever imagine. Snap his fingers and your children. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We 
got to learn how to use our faith. He wants us to use our faith. The just shall live by their faith. Come on, Proverbs 4 and 9. See, I got to come on. I got one. Come on. Look at what wisdom will do. It says, she will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. See, we need wisdom if we're going to get to that glorious life. If it's not glorious, it's because we don't have wisdom. All right? Last place uh, for this, Ecclesiastes 10 and 10. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. That's what our pastor would do. Look at this right here. Because some folk going through, they tired because they work in 15 different gigs. I'm going to get you ungigged with this word of wisdom. Ungigged. Do not put that on a t-shirt because I will sue you. No. <laughs> if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, right, then he must use more strength. But look at this. But what wisdom? You want to be successful? You're going through because everybody else blowing up. Everybody else got followers. Everybody else buying Mercedes and I can't even get a, get a you know, whatever that call is that people want. I can't get a spark because nobody wants a spark, right? Good. I can't even get a spark and everybody get, you want success? Get wisdom. Well, Mercedes Benz is not success. It's not success. But I'm telling you what, you get a matte black G-Wagon. That screams success. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, yo, 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 you don't, it's not materialism. I'm telling you, listen to me. It says something. But brute strength ain't going to get you there. Can I tell you why? Because many of us, I said us, we don't know enough. We're not well connected. We don't have this big circle that if I started multi-level marketing, once I go through the church, I ain't got nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then all of us start doing it. We all selling to everybody. We did that one time in this church. Not we. Y'all did that one time. And I'm like, who they selling to? Everybody's selling to each other. <laughs> Come on, guys. So you're not going to be successful that way. You just don't know enough people. You just don't know enough people, right? But wisdom will do what? Wisdom will bring what? Say wisdom will bring success. How am I going to get wisdom? I'm just going to ask him. And what is God going to do? Give it to me liberally. All right. So number one, we're going to do what to get through this thing? What? Say it, Caleb. We're going to get our joy up. Number two, what are we going to do? The last place, we're going to build our faith. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. 1 Peter 1, verse 7. Hallelujah. Here's why we got to build our faith, because it's our faith that's under fire. God is not trying to destroy you. He's a good, good father. He is not trying to break you. 
but your faith is going to be tested. All right? Listen to this. That the, go to, can we go to verse 6? In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Okay? That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it be tested by fire. How's our faith tested? By what? Fire. It's tested by fire. May be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So our faith is going to be tested. Our faith is under fire. So once again, do not take it personally when you're going through. Don't quit on God. Don't quit on the church. Don't quit on the walk of faith. It's not you. He's after your faith. You've been talking it. Now it's got to be proven. You know what I'm saying? We've got to know that it's genuine. We've got to know that it's real. Go to Hebrews. We already read that. Um, this one point, then we can go home. We must believe God. We must believe him. Our actions show whether or not we are in faith. Remember Abraham? Let's look at him one more time in Romans chapter 4. And let's go to verse 3. We've got to spend enough time with God, his word, and in the spirit until we actually believe what he says. Oh, the, the, he, he'll, he'll, he'll make me rich. Okay, 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 you can't, we can't keep repeating what pastor said. That's not where it lies. Where you've heard something enough that now you repeat it. That's not where the power is. The power comes when you actually believe it. Okay, this is a real easy one. Prayer does what? Prayer does what? Prayer changes things. The effectual fervent prayers of a right... Does what? Amplified version, it makes much power available. <laughs> See how we know this stuff? Y'all ever been to prayer here at this church? How thick is it? we don't believe it people tell us they're going through stuff and we'll sit for three hours and talk about what folk going through talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it all right I'll holler at you later you didn't pray in all them hours you didn't you, you didn't you didn't you didn't pray why? Because we don't actually believe yet that prayer works. Prayer is a wonderful concept. It's a powerful concept. But if we actually believed it, we would actually pray. And we would actually be in a place where prayer is taken. 
Oh, there's healing in this place. <coughs> oh, girl, I ain't coming out today because, ooh, I'm feeling a little COVID-ish. We, got all, we, we, we joke about it. I'm COVID-ish. But you weren't COVID-ish enough to stay home from work. Your children weren't COVID-ish enough to not go to school. They weren't COVID-ish enough, right, to not go in the break room. You weren't COVID-ish enough to stay out of the restaurant. You weren't COVID-ish enough to stay out of the mall. But you're too COVID-ish to come to church because you don't really believe prayer changes things. I ain't coming to church because I'm, I'm feeling COVID-ish. I just, I'm, woo, woo. I'm going to just stay in, and I'm going to stay home. I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little, I fell under the weather. Kind of all, Joe, you fell, I fell under the weather. I fell. Oh. I very rarely see anybody run out of church doing altar time to answer the prayer line. Because we're not even home thinking prayer changes things. Because I be with Chris picking his phone up and I'm like, oh, he going to run any minute. Look, Juan, I see you pull out your phone. I see you keep your phones right there. I'm like, oh, they going to run any minute. Because there's a lot of people home feeling under the, under the weather. Feeling a little COVID-ish. but won't call for prayer. No, do we really believe it? Do we really believe that the tithe, ooh, she being messy, will rebuke the destroyer? Do we really believe that? No, we don't believe that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I ain't get all the hours I supposed to get this week. I can't tithe this week. I ain't get all my hours. I, can't, I ain't get all my hours. I ain't get You'll get off them hours if you start tithing. We got to build our faith. We've got to get to the place where we actually believe what God said. He is truth. We don't believe it. No, Pastor Kim, I do, I do, I do believe. I do believe. Well, bring a friend to church. You do believe church changed your life. I do believe. I was, ooh, before this church, I was, ooh. I ain't never met half of y'all friends. But the church changed your life? No, church didn't change your life. Because if you really believed church could change people's lives, you'll be bringing them, boy. You'll be, you'll, people come in town, you bring them. Co-workers, you got to come to church with me. They don't want to come to church with me. No, they don't know you go to church. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying if we actually believed it. Because they couldn't possibly see your glorious light and not want a part of it. Well, they turned off by it. Not everybody. Not everybody. Not everybody turned off by it. Nope. Nope. It's just that we don't even invite them. 
because we don't yet believe this is the place to be. We got to build our faith. Romans chapter 4. Then we're going to go on with this Bible. Romans chapter 4, verse 3. We're going to get back to this Bible. What does, for what does the scripture say? Oh, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons. And I, come on. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. Well, then we're going to do what Abraham did. Says, I'm one of them, and so are you. Well, look at this. Abraham believed God. He believed God. When I was going through a sickness, I looked at my camp, uh, my cabinet. And every supplement I heard somebody say would work, I had it. Every supplement, because they said that that would work. This helps for this, and this helps for this, and this helps for this, and you need this for this, and you need this for this. And, you need this for this, and, you need. and one day God said, well, dog, dog. If you believed me, do you really need? He said, no, all you need is a multivitamin and some probiotics. That's all you need. But all of that there, all of that, what is all of that? What is all of that there? You got cinnamon for that. You got papaya for that. You got pepperin for that. You got this for that. Good night. Milk thistle for this and thistle that for that and water this for that and compounder this. What in the world? Abraham believed God. So we're trying to get to the place where the scriptures can be written. Kimberly believed God. Put your name in there. Kimberly believed God. And it was accounted to him, accounted to her for righteousness. I believe God. You're going to have to tell yourself that over and over again through every pain, through every bill, through every argument, through every disappointment, through every situation, you're going to have to say, I believe God. Now, how do you get to the place that you actually believe him? You're going to have to spend enough time with him, enough time in his word, enough time with his spirit. That's Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Jesus is the word. I'm going to spend enough time in the presence of God. I'm going to spend enough time in the word with Jesus. I'm going to allow the spirit of God to guide me and to teach me. And then you'll look up and you'll find that you actually believe God. And it will be accounted for you for righteousness. Now, what is this righteousness? Can we put that de definition up? Thank you so much. It says righteousness is, mm-hmm, 
in a broad sense. <laughs> uh-huh. Daika Akanaka say. It was, it was, I, I played it and I'm like, uh-uh. It says, in a broad sense, state of him who is as he ought to be, righteousness, the condition acceptable to God. It is the state of being as you ought to be. We learn from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 12 in the Message Bible, how we ought to be. We ought to be having glorious lives. We should have a glorious living. Glory should be all over us. That's how we ought to be. That's what's acceptable to him. We learn poverty is not acceptable to him. Proverbs 10 and 3. He does not allow the righteous soul to famish. He doesn't allow it. So I don't allow it. God, we know from Romans chapter 8, the spirit of the Lord lives inside of me. And if the spirit of the Lord's inside of me and it's quickening me, guess what? It's making me well. So sickness cannot just come in here and take over. I won't allow it. The state that he wants us to be in, the condition he wants us to be in is soundness and wholeness, body, soul, and spirit. But ladies and gentlemen, we've got to believe God. Now, if I can tell you that I had a day where I realized I was not where I'm supposed to be, and I'm not ashamed of it. You know why I'm not ashamed of it? Because he didn't make me feel bad. He didn't make me feel shame. He said, that's a big girl to come and ask for help. You're being a big girl. Now, he had to get me to big girl because little girl was crying. Little girl was crying. But now that I'm grown up, right, and mature now in that area, he can deal with me in a different way. But I'm going to tell you, if you lack any wisdom, that's the most important thing I want you to take away. Ask God. Don't keep going through. So what do you do when you're going through? Number one, you get your joy up. Number two, you're going to do what? You're going to seek wisdom. You're going to seek wisdom from where? Let's put that caveat in there. From God and his authorized agents. Authorized retailers. Authorized retailers. You don't take anything from an unauthorized retailer. You know what I mean? Do not go give somebody $500 on Facebook for a Louis Vuitton. They are not an authorized retailer. You got to go to the store where they got their sign up to get there. And it ain't 500. You need more 500s. That's Chris talking. You need more than 500. But do you see what I'm saying? You don't just go anywhere and try to extract wisdom. You got to go to the source. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and praise God. We're going to get through this. I don't know what this is. You know what this is. I don't need to know what this is. You know what this is. You're going to get through it. You're going to get through it. And you're going to stop crying. Stop beating yourself up. Amen. I said amen. Because we're good about that. 
disqualifying ourselves because we went through something. You're not disqualified because you went through. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're going to turn around. You're going to get wisdom. And you're going to march this thing right on out. You're going to win. Amen. And you're going to win because he's already made you victorious. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for this word. We thank you, Father God, for loving us enough to straighten us out. I personally thank you, Father God, for getting a hold of me. I personally thank you, Father God, for reminding me of all that I have in you. I thank you, Lord, that I don't have to cry because you showed me that crying doesn't fix anything. All it did, Father God, was give me a headache and make my nose stuffy. But God, when I got your wisdom, I saw immediate turnaround in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that we are all having our testimonies made tonight. God, that there'll be a day where we'll be able to stand and say, I was going through. Oh, but Father God got me out. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and you will open your hands and allow us to take everything that we need. Father God, thank you for being the God who gives to us wisdom liberally. And thank you, Father, for never making us feel bad. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and crawl up into your lap, Father God. Lay our head on your, your shoulder the way John did, Father God, and just bear our souls to you. We thank you, Lord, that in you we always win. We thank you for our man of God. Father God, we thank you that you're keeping him. And right now you're going to deposit more into him to give to your people. We speak strength on him now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that when his assignment is done, you'll bring him back home safely, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for Apostle Ben Smith that will be coming in. We thank you, God, for traveling grace and mercy. We thank you that angels will surround him and all those traveling with him, Father God, and that he will come here, Father God, with a word tailor-made for this house. God, we believe that this is the year of turnaround. We believe it. We believe, Father God, hallelujah, that the camels are coming, loaded down, bringing all of heaven's greatness and goodness to us, the humble servants, God. We receive everything we have for us, God. But more than anything, God, we receive your wisdom. In receiving your wisdom, Father, we receive you. We receive you, Father. Father God, we will make those changes that we need to make and we'll do them, uh, God, post-haste, Father. We won't delay. We won't procrastinate. And God, we will not confer with the flesh. We've heard from you and your word is forever settled. We thank you now. We bless your name. We love you, Father God. Ha, it's in Jesus' name I do pray. Amen.